All right, we're back into the last bit of racetrack on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Again, you are listening to The Drew Marshall Show. We are streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We're on the MyJoy Radio app at iTunes at Google Play and across the GTA on AM 1250 Joy Radio. Last week we had Tony Capolo on the show. We did a whole uh, tribute to Billy Graham because, of course, mm-hmm. he passed. And we spoke with uh, Tony Capolo. We spoke with Rick Warren. We sp- spoke with uh, A. Larry Ross, Billy's longtime spokesperson. Um, and... Tony Coppola was part of the whole crawling back to the light segment. How does someone come back to God, basically, is the quick summation of things. Back in 2010, this is a personal segment. This is my segment. I don't care if anybody else gets anything out of this. (laughs) Well, no, I I do. People do. Uh, Back in 2010, after seven years of hosting this show, I came out. I admitted during an interview with Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias that I was no longer convinced that there is a God, mostly because after 30 years of having a, quote, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to use that voice again in a minute. It's an awesome voice. In personal relationship with Jesus. <laughs> um, I realized that this God I was serving wasn't actually all that personal. Going public as a doubter, not an atheist, just a doubter, so chill, uh, and no longer considering myself being part of the evangelical tribe of certainty, I left. I left organized religion. I left the church. I left it up to God to reveal himself to me through one of those tangible encounters I kept hearing <laughs> so many people in my tribe speak about. So because of some fractured relationships in my world, though, me, of course, being the common denominator, 2017 ended up being the worst year of my life. So I've decided that since my way uh, didn't work, <laughs> that it's time to crawl back to the light. And I've decided to once again do this publicly. Uh, as embarrassing as it is to admit personal and spiritual failure, my hope is that others experiencing similar frustrations might learn something from my conversations with a few people that I think have got something to say about this whole mm-hmm. scenario that I'm in. So, look, I'm still not sure. I'm still not, like, certain there's a God. I sound like a valley girl. Can I put like in there? Uh, okay, go but, ahead if you want. But my life was better. It seemed like this is how the math works. My life was better back when I thought there was a God. So what do I do? What do I do? Today's guest, Bart Campolo, is a co-author of Why I Left, Why I Stayed, Conversations on Christianity Between an Evangelical Father, Tony Campolo, and His Humanist Son. His Humanist Son. It sounds, it's such a weird uh, label and shadow to kind of live under. Anyway, uh, Bart and I have had some interesting conversations. He's been on the show before. We had a great conversation a few weeks ago. And uh, some people might be saying... Drew, why are you having a humanist help you figure out how to crawl back to the light? I think it's a smart thing to have somebody who's been on both sides and he could maybe steer me away from things. I don't know. I'm just hoping he can save me. (laughs) (laughs) Bart Campolo, how are you, man? Bart, are you there? Bart, testing one, two, three. I'm here now. Oh, there he is. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. are Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I had you all the way up until like one second ago, and then you cut out on me, so I'm glad to be talking to you. Oh, good, 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 good. So, okay, you've heard the spiel. You know my journey, a little bit of it. Um, You knew you were coming on today. You knew I was going to say, so give me some advice. You know, crawling back to the light. What what is that? How does that phrase actually sit with you? Well, I I mean, I understand it, and I'm happy for you because... I know that when you grow up, you know, you know, when you grow up in Christendom, when all of your family and all of your friends and your job and and your kind of frame of references are all Christian, if you lose your faith, if you if you become unconvinced, as you were saying, that that this whole God thing is real, 
it's not just that you lose your sense of eternal destiny. Like, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. What if? The, what's the? Oh no, I, I I thought I had eternity, and now I only have this life to live in. That's bad enough. But I think it's really devastating when you realize, like, this is going to change my relationship with my family, maybe with my spouse. This is going to change my relationship with my kids or my parents, my friends. I might lose my job. I mean, I know I know lots of Christians who have who have lost their faith, and they can't tell anybody about it because they're professional Christians. And so, you know, with, with all of that at stake, it really makes sense to try your best to see if there's some way you can hang on, if there's some way you can find your way back, or if there's some way that you can reframe your Christianity so that even though you don't believe in all the stuff you used to believe in, you can still stay a part of the community. Okay, so, like, I'm... Your journey... So, I mean, I'm, so, I mean Drew, I'm happy for you because clearly it, it, it was in, like, it, all things being equal... It would have been better if you could have stayed a Christian, and you managed to pull it off. You managed to get back in the game. It just just sounds weeny. It just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the truth is, I mean, Upton Sinclair, who was a great sort of muckraking writer in, at the turn of the last century, you know, once said it's very difficult to convince a person to change their mind about something when their salary depends upon them not changing their mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, for most Christians, it's not just their salary, it's their whole identity. It's their whole frame. And so, you know, like you say, like, why don't more Christians leave the faith? Well, I mean, I think for some of them, they're having authentic experiences of kind of spiritual transcendence in the Christian, in the Christian world. And so, like, you know, as, as I once said to my dad, you know, like, for whatever reason you became a Christian, like, it's always worked for you. And so, like, if it ain't broke, why would you try to fix it? Or why would you even question something? Like, his mother told him there was a Jesus. He prayed to that Jesus. And that Jesus showed up and has guided his life ever since. Why would you question that? <laughs> but if, they, if that ain't the story, then you can see how all sorts of questioning goes on. Well, it's, I mean, certainly for me, you know, I, I, I grew up in Christianity. I became a Christian when I was 15 and had a wonderful experience of being part of a youth group and then becoming a missionary and working, working, you know, and, and preaching and traveling. I, I knew all these wonderful Christian people. I loved being a Christian. It was a great journey for me. And so, you know, I would have loved to have stayed one. You know, if there was a pill I could take right now to magically believe in, you know, a supernatural God who actually does something, an eternal utopia that we all go to someday, and that everybody, that, that every everything will be made right in the end. Like, I'd take that pill if I could believe that stuff. I just don't, you know, what happened to me was, over the course of my years as a Christian, my, my ability to believe that narrative died the death of a thousand cuts, the death of a thousand unanswered prayers, of a thousand sort of scriptural things that didn't line up with my sense of reality. Um, but boy, if I could take a pill that would put me, put me back and, and, you know, jump, put me, you know, if you could reinsert me in the matrix, I'd go right back in. It was a good life. Hmm. When you and I spoke last time, you used the phrase spiritual cachet. And being a compolo, dude, you were, you were like evangelical royalty in some ways. 
Do you think your do you think you you uh, if you weren't well, this is an impossible question to even answer. So why am I asking this? But I guess what I'm wondering is if you weren't a Campolo, do you think it would have bailed earlier? Who knows? Like was the no, pressure was no. the pressure because of the name to to hang in there? No, no. I mean, you know, it's funny because you know people sometimes say like, "What's it like being Tony Campolo's son?" And I'm sort of like, "Well, you know, like." I think it's like being Mary Johnson's son. Like there are advantages and there are disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's the only it's the only life I've ever known. It's the only father I've ever had. Um, but what I will tell you is this: is that my dad may have been a very famous Christian, but I, in terms of in terms of encouraging me from the time I was a little boy to think my own thoughts and to question things I didn't understand. And to have the courage of my own convictions, you know, my dad, there may be some other things that he didn't do so well, but boy, he did that well. And so on some level, I felt so less pressure than my friends did. And, And the proof is in the pudding now. My dad and I are close. I talked to him this morning. Like, we spend a lot of time together, and we talk about faith and humanism and what it means to what it means to try to make the world a better place as a believer and what it means to try to make the world a better place as a non-believer we we're we're close that way and many of the people i work with the reason that they stay in the christian game is because they're painfully aware that they will lose their relationships with their loved ones or that they will change in really painful ways if they're honest or if they're authentic. And I never had to go through that. When I, when I, when I came out secular, I, w- I knew I was going to hurt my dad and disappoint my dad, but I never worried that I was going to lose my dad. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, another... now, here's a, can, I, can I ask you a question? Oh, please. <laughs> please do. <laughs> I mean, I was listening to your shtick at the beginning, and you were saying, like, you know, you, you told Ravi Zacharias that you were no longer convinced that there was a God, and then you had this horrible year, and you decided to, like, jump back in, and somehow you managed to become reconvinced. And I guess I, I'm wondering... No, 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 no. For, hold on. Let me just correct a couple things. First of all, I, I had this conversation with Ravi Zacharias. I was ambushed in the middle of the conversation with thoughts of, you know what, I actually, I'm not convinced anymore. And I said it out loud, and it was a spontaneous moment. And then seven years went by of me of me willingly walking down the road of doubt without a safety rope. And then this last year, I just had a lot of personal crap that went down. It was a horrible it was year. Just too much. Horrible yeah. year. Horrible year. And so I went, geez, it's the math is like this. It seems like life was better back when I thought there was a God. Maybe I should I should crawl back. Uh, I'm not and, I'm and, not crawling back because I had some epiphany. I'm crawling yeah, yeah, I'm cra- I'm crawling back because I, I have certain parts of my body that are in a vice right now. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, of course, people make the journey in reverse for the same reason. Somebody's life is going great, you know, as a Christian, and then they have terrible years, and people die, and terrible tragedies happen, and they go, like, wait a second. There's nobody looking out for me. That's interesting. This isn't working. Yeah, yeah. This business, this business of following Jesus doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know so. Ma- I mean, I know so many people for whom that's the story. And so, you know, it's the same as transcendent moments. I mean, you know, when people tell me they've had what did you call it? Uh, you, you called it a tangible encounter. Yeah. And you know, I had I've had those when I. That's how I became a Christian. You know, I'm tr- I'm hanging out with the youth group, trying to believe in Jesus because I want to be part of the gang, and we go up on a retreat. And they light the candles, and everybody's singing, our God is an awesome God. 
and I felt something. And that would you say that was a tangible encounter, or was that emotionally manipulation or emotional manipulation? Well, well what I, what I would tell you is is that as far as I was concerned, I experienced the Holy Spirit, and. You know, now, now I would obviously explain it to you now, since I don't believe there is a Holy Spirit. I would say that I was that that was something going on in my brain, and I would point out that those kind of experiences happen to people in lots of religious yes. traditions. Yes, and they also happen to people when they're on LSD. Yep, and they happen to people when they're climbing Mount Everest. And so, you know, but what what my experience was this: I was in a Christian youth group when I had that experience, that that transcendent moment. And it confirmed the narrative that I was in. I think if I would have been in a mosque in Afghanistan and we had been chanting and I had felt that same kind of euphoric sense of being part of something much bigger than myself, it would have confirmed Allah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so, I, you know, I always get weirded out by secular people or some of these, these hardcore atheists that say to me, boy, I bet you're embarrassed that you talk about like feeling the Holy Spirit or hearing the voice of God now that you know that there, there is no such thing. And I say, oh, no, listen, those experiences happened. I felt something. I heard something. Now, whether or not it was God, that's, that's open to discussion. But please don't tell me that I didn't have a transcendent experience. If, if you don't believe in those kinds of things, you haven't been to the right rock concert. You haven't <laughs> fallen in love with the right woman. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't used the right drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are real. And so, you know, my, my question for you is, you know, like you're in the middle of this worst year of your life and you decide, you know what, my way isn't working. And, and you turn back to God. And, and my question is, did God work or did the way of discipleship work for you. I'm, I'm just curious. No, I get it, man. Yeah, I mean, my phrase is tribal conditioning, and that was one of the main things I decided I want to... I, I had to leave all that behind in order for me to figure out if if uh, if my belief in a god was simply being propped up by tribal conditioning. I had to, I had to leave the tribe and stop the tribal conditioning in order to find out if, if my belief was simply there because it, it was conditioned to believe. You know? But that's silly. I mean, but like, I mean, no, I don't want to say that's silly, but like, you know, have you ever heard of the Stanford Prison Experiment? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they take two groups of people that are identical, and they make one the prisoners, and they make one the guards, and they find that within a few days, the prisoners are all depressed and feeling terrible about themselves, and the guards are becoming power hungry, and they're pushing people around. And, and, and the point is, the, the, what the guy ends up saying is, is that we would like to believe that our identity and our morals and our values are fixed, and that no matter what circumstance we go into, we would stay the same. But we're actually all hugely, in, hugely influenced by the situation around us. And so, you know, some people say to me, like, well, if you would have stayed in a really good Christian environment where everyone you knew was Christian, if you would have stayed away from those worldly influences, you'd still be a Christian. I'm like, you're probably right. And, you know, like, we're hugely influenced by the stuff around us. Yeah, well, people I mean, people have said that to me in, in regards to who I interview on the show, you know, like, oh, well, you, you interviewed the high priest of the Church of Satan, no wonder your spiritual life sucks. I don't know. But, you know that's, an, that's a hyperbole, but, you know, you interview all these people about various faiths, if you just... Ignored all that, you wouldn't be screwed up spiritually. If you just stuck with Ravi Zacharias, you'd be all right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and so I think that 
one of the things that I'm really aware of is, is that there are a lot of people in the church, and probably a lot of people that listen to your show in, in particular, that really struggle to believe in God, that aren't sure, that, that, that have major, major questions, like, that, that ha, you know, are sort of like, this doesn't all line up. But one of the reasons that they're desperately trying to crawl back or stay in the game is because they're worried that if they left the faith, there would be no tribe. Where are the people that are pursuing goodness in a secular way? Where are the people that are gathering together to, to, to help each other get through cancer and to, te- to teach each other to raise their own kids and, with morals and values? Where are those people? And, and that really, Drew, is that, that's my work now, is I don't spend any time trying to ba- debate with Christians or convince Christian people to give up the faith. I'm only interested in secular people, people who can't believe in God anymore, and who say, but I, but I miss being part of a community that's devoted to serving one another and serving the world and making, meaning, make, making our lives more meaningful. And so for me, that's what humanism's really all about, hmm. it is, it, is it's trying to, trying to, in a sense, take that... You know, the, the thing is, nobody should stay a Christian simply because they're, you know, go like, well, I have to pretend to believe in God because I don't want to be alone in the world. That, that's not a good reason to be a Christian. You should be a Christian if, if that's the way, if that way of life and that way of belief is really causing you to thrive as a human being. Okay, uh, Bart, if you were to be sh- as straight up as I know you, you are, man, you're just one of the most straight up, here it is, dudes on the planet— I want you to answer, please, this this question. Okay, Drew, fine. You've made the decision you want to crawl back to the light. Okay, that's your choice. Knock yourself out. It's not my choice. It's your choice. Do it. But if you're going to do it, please make sure you don't fill in the blank. <laughs> a lot of things, man. Don't be a jerk. Um, <laughs> don't... Too late. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I, what I, I mean, in, in, in my sensitive self, what I would say is, don't be afraid that if you can't believe in God anymore, you'll lose your morality, that you'll, you'll lose your sense of meaning or purpose. You know, I mean, when Paul was persecuting the Christians— and he was, he was this type A organized guy writing and doing all these leading people against the church, persecuting the church. And then he has the Damascus Road experience. Ironically, like not, not, not coincidentally, when Paul becomes a Christian, what kind of Christian is he? Oh, he's a type A organized guy who preaches sermons and writes. Like, he's the same guy. You know, like Paul's, I, Paul was Paul against Christ, and then he was Paul for Christ, but he was always Paul. Mm-hmm. And I accept, I became a Christian because I wanted to be part of a community that was full of love, that was pursuing loving relationships and trying to make the world a better place, because that's who I was. That's what attracted me to Christianity. And when I couldn't believe in God anymore, I was worried, like, oh, now I'm going to want to rape people and rob people and, and, and live a, a completely immoral life, because without Jesus, you know. And the truth of the matter is, is I'm the same guy. Yeah. And so what I would say is, 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 as you try to crawl back to the light, crawl back, you know, crawl back with, without being afraid that if you can't make it, 
you're going to be a horrible person, or that, or you're not, or you're not going to be able to find meaning and purpose on the other side. No, but, like, there's, but it, a, there's a lot of meaning and purpose on the other side. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't go back. It's just to say don't go back because you think there's nothing outside of Christianity because no, there is. No, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. No, here's the deal. Uh, I, as I evaluate, I'm, the, I'm not answering your question. No, you are, you I'm are. Not, but, not, but, but as I as I evaluate the last seven years of my life. Uh, of my uh, intentionally walking down the road of doubt and severing, you know, walking away from the whole thing and tribal conditioning and everything else. As I evaluate who I became during those seven years, I realize that my jerk factor went up. So the more I, the more I intentionally stepped away from uh, uh, the belief. Yeah, but but Drew, what did you step into? Um. Just, I was more. I don't know. I just became more abrasive like, and I mean, selfish. True, and true. That, but true, that's like saying, that's like saying, I stopped eating at McDonald's, and I found that I was incredibly hungry. And I'm like, Yo, where did you start going to eat? Like, right. Oh no, I just, I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, so, so you know, so you say to me, I was pursuing goodness as a follower of Jesus, and then I stopped. And my life got crappy. And I'm like, well, of course it did. You stopped pursuing goodness. Like, like, like what books were you reading that were trying to, like, give you a sense of wonder and awe at the majesty of, of, of the universe? Like, what fellowship group were you a part of where you got together once a week to talk about how you could have better relationships and love the poor and make a difference in other people's lives? Like, what discipline were you following where you were like, you know what, I shouldn't eat that food because it's going to diminish my ability to care for others or because, like, it was, it was, it was grown in an, in an irresponsible way and it's going to it contribute to global warming. Like, if you don't, if you just leave the, uh, the Christian discipleship and you don't embrace another, another discipline of goodness, of course your life's going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so, like, honestly, like, you're comparing apples to oranges. You're, you're sort of acting as though secularism or, or, or unbelief or, 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 you know, is a bad way of life. And I'm like, well, it is if you don't do anything. Right. Like, you know, this, you know, this, my humanist creed is really simple, Drew. It's like, if there is no God, I mean, when I was a Christian, I couldn't understand nominal Christians. So I was like, if there is a God, then that's the only thing that matters. If there is a God and Jesus is true and, 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 and people's lives hang in the balance of believing that, nothing else really matters. Well, you know what? If there isn't a God and this life is all there is, then that's all that matters. And the question becomes, how do you make the most of this life? And I became, you know, and like when I stopped believing in God, I, I hunkered down and tried to figure out, well, how do you make the most of this life? And you know what? Pursuing wealth and power, like there's lots of data to suggest that doesn't work, that those people don't end up happy or, or feeling good about their lives. And, and, and physical pleasure and just having sex with everybody you can find and using all the drugs, that doesn't seem to work out for people either. But every study I've ever seen, my own experience, and every bit of common sense I have tells me that the people that end up feeling the best about their lives, feeling like they invested them well, and dying with, with some sense of, you know, of, of well-being are those that invest themselves in loving relationships, that try to do work that makes things better for other people, and that cultivate a sense of gratitude for just the privilege of being a conscious human being in the first place. Yeah, but to get to that place, 
if there is a God, I'm, I guess I'm sort of saying I need some kind of, I do, I need some supernatural help to get to that place uh, because I've, I've tried to get to that place that you're talking about and it, and I, and, I, I, and, and honestly, I, I, I don't mean to call you a liar. Yeah. But like, I, I don't believe that you <laughs> actually embraced any kind of discipline on the other side of faith. I think you just, like, you were just out there, and I don't think you really tried to figure out how to live the most meaningful, purposeful life you could on the other side of Christianity. Because you're a smart guy, Drew. You're not, you're not dumb, and, and you're thoughtful, and I feel like if you had really sought to live a good life as a secular person, you could have done it. Because, Drew, I know, we, we all know thousands of people that are doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we all know that Christianity is no panacea, because we all know that Christians are depressed at the same rates and divorce at the same rates and abuse their kids at the same rates. And that's not a slam on Christianity. That's just to say that, like, th- there are lots of ways to pursue goodness. And, 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 and so, you know, honestly, if you say to me, Bart, I need, you know, like, I need to believe in God because I'm scared of dying— I go like, oh, okay, I understand that. But if you tell me I need to believe in God because without believing in God, I'm incapable of pursuing goodness, I'm like, no, come no on, yeah, man. no, I'm not saying I, that. I'm not buying no, that. No, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, all I know is I became more of a jerk, and and relationships cracked, and um, and I'm just wondering, well, maybe I should, maybe I should crawl back. Uh, and I think, time. yeah, and what I would say is like. I think you you may have been right because what like you step my guess is that when you stopped pursuing Jesus you probably distanced yourself from a lot of the friendships and a lot of the patterns of life and a lot of the routines that had guided you throughout your life and it doesn't sound like you put a tremendous amount of conscious effort into figuring out a new religion a new way of life and uh, and you see cuz like for me that's what a religion is a religion isn't a belief system a religion is a group of people that get together and say, we've got to answer life's ultimate questions together. And some people answer life's ultimate questions by believing in the story of Jesus. And other people pursue life's ultimate question, you know, pursue the answers to life's ultimate questions by pursuing a study of, of nature and science. And, 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 you know, but my thing is, like, if you don't step into a new religious routine and a new community— you can't expect to do very well as an individual human being. Yes, living in a vacuum sucks your soul out. Yeah, and I, you know, so so my guess okay. is that you that you stepped away from a lot of the things that held you together, and and the and the good news for you, bro, yeah, is that you, is that you were able to get back in, and that that you don't sit in church every Sunday listening to every word, going like. I'm such a liar. None of this is true. I don't believe any of this. And that, that's excruciatingly painful, to listen to people tell you things and to be singing songs, and you don't believe any of it, but you just don't know where else to go. Bart Campolo on the Drew Marshall Show. The website is bartcampolo.org. Jeez, man, you and I could just rattle on forever. Holy hell. I, I know. I can't believe you're going to cut this conversation off. It's, it's just um, it's, in, it's unbelievable to me that you are. That's why you need a, a long-form podcast, so you could just keep talking on this stuff. <laughs> All right, man, it's been good talking to you. Thank you. I, 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 have, I haven't saved your soul, but um, <laughs> I, I, I trust you're going to tell people that they can listen to my podcast, Humanize Me. I, you know what? 
I think that just happened right there. Humanize me. And I trust you're going to tell them that they can look at the documentary that my father and I made called um, called Leaving My Father's Faith, which is all about how Christians and non-Christians can get along with each other. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. Uh, I was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I trust you're going to tell people that if there are any people in your audience that are that are kind of looking, they, they, they need to talk to somebody on the other side hmm. who, who, won't, who won't mess with them, that they can reach out to me and I'm always there. Dude, you're a rock star. You really are. All right, man. I appreciate it, Bart. Right, much love to you, brother. Thanks, man. Much love to you. Yeah, bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bart Campolo on the Drew Marshall Show.